Hi, welcome to a new episode of Wendy Says Things. Thank you for joining me. Today I want to talk about reduction. And I've been talking about on the podcast, um, if you've been listening to some of the previous episodes about change in directions and decision making, and I find that um, when I was at my most confused, which, you know, that's that was a while ago, um, I found that what really helped me in evaluating how to make the decision and what decision to make was using a really clear hierarchy of value. And in this hierarchy of value, um, I put my spiritual self kind of first and then my health and then my family. And if that sounds odd, to have it that way. I mean, sometimes I would sacrifice one for the other. I would sacrifice my health a little bit by not sleeping or eating right to get something done for the family. So these kind of decisions, but I had a hierarchy of priorities so that if I wasn't sure what to do, I could go through and go down my value system to see how the decision would affect the different areas and I was better able to prioritize my choices to make the best decision that I could given my value system or given the things that I felt were important. So that's reducing the decision making process based on very specific elements. So, you know, in the last one, sometimes there's no good choice. Still using, you can still use this hierarchy of values to kind of evaluate, like how does your spirit feel about things? Or how does your, how is this gonna affect the people that you care about? How is this going to, this decision gonna affect your health? as the best that you can know given what you know so I had a I had a teacher in high school who said there's no mistakes he says if you make the best decision based on the information that you've given that you've been given or that you have found and later some you find out new information that would have caused you to make a different decision had you known it's still not a mistake because you didn't know that information and I'm not sure if that's 100% true, but it definitely made an impression on me and made me less likely to really look back on decisions that I've made and, and, and moan about, like, if I had only known, because you didn't know, so you did the best you could. And that was the kind of gateway or the open opening the door of self-compassion, which is a big thing now, it's widely talked about, but I think it was the first time I ever came across anyone who articulated the idea that you could be forgiving towards past mistakes like that, or, or even see them as like not even a mistake because you did the best you could. If you didn't do the best you could, if you didn't do your d due diligence, I don't know, you don't have to make peace with that somehow, I suppose, but you know, if you have looked and read and researched and thought about and sat with what your choices are and you make the best decision that you can, 
you know, good job, you know, instead of if it didn't work out the way that you thought it might or something went awry. I mean, those are things that are either beyond your control or it was impossible to foresee. And sometimes you took a risky one where you knew that the outcome might not be in your favor, <clears throat> but you thought it was worth the risk. And those are all good things to know and to be very forgiving about because my guess is if you took one of the risky choices, you learned a lot and whatever you learned, you're going to carry forward with you um, to the next thing. And it's going to be, it's going to be better. It could be wonderful. So the other thing about the word reduction. So in addition to the hierarchy of values, the other thing I want to talk about reduction is because it's a cooking term. A reduction is like if you take your onions and carrots and celery and you, and you stir fry them all up in a little oil and then you add water and it makes like a broth, okay? But then you simmer that broth for, you know, with the little herbs and everything and you reduce the amount of water to increase the intensity. And that's really the second, I wanted to kind of segue from choices into this kind of the intensity of life you know sometimes man things are too intense you need to add some water you need to emotionally make some more space and make room for uh, an emotional state that may be overwhelming and that's how we grow that's actually growth Growth is this expansion to where, like, if you have an, you know, something that hits you hard emotionally and it's overwhelming you and it's consuming and you feel constricted, you are just stuck in this tiny box with this grief or this anger and this sadness and this uncomfortability. It could be that taking a deep breath and allowing yourself to relax stop you don't fight the feeling you have to <laughs> you have to feel it to heal it <laughs> so you allow it to be what it is but what you can do is relax and become bigger and more vast to make room for that and that's what growth is but there's other times when you're kind of dreamy and you're out there and you're all expanded or whatever to where you're not really relating to the world around you and you that's when reduction comes in you need to you could reduce your focus to make the things that are, are right in front of you more prominent more intense and that helps you live more joyfully it helps you live more authentically because you are grounded and everything is in stark relief instead of kind of blurry and out of focus so things that you can do to reduce your focus from just being out everywhere is it's similar to the hierarchy of values but this would be like a uh, a list of projects or ways to spend your time or things that that you want to do and like there's so many of them how can you even decide how to spend the next five minutes let alone the whole day
and I keep coming back. I'm a real paper and pencil person, so I like to to write it out. I also make use of the notes on my phone and my calendars to try to channel the things that I like to do so that they have specific times where I can get them done. And I don't always follow it. It's not like I'm a tyrant to my future self where it must be done in this way in this time. On the other hand, and I saw a clip of this on um, uh, one of the people I follow on Instagram linked to another person's Instagram where he was saying, you know, you show up to your job on time if your boss tells you to do it or you make a meeting with a friend and you show up for that. And I didn't watch the whole clip, but I was anticipating that what he would say, but when you do it for yourself, he said, and then the clip ended and it went on to the next thing. <clears throat> when you do it for yourself, do you show up? That's either the question or the, what he maybe was getting at. But even if that wasn't what he was getting at, that's what I took away from it. I'm like, that's a good point because as a when you're self-employed, it can sometimes be difficult to mark out your time to work because you're not going to a job. And so, and other people might see you as being constantly available because you don't have set work hours or you don't have someone else to, holding you accountable. And so learning to, it's essential if you're self-employed to carve out that time to say, this is my work time. I'm not going to be disturbed during this time. You turn off your cell phone notifications, you know, you log, log out or close out of your social media for a minute and you focus on the task at hand. That's what you're doing. And you show up for yourself and learning to show up for yourself in a focused way is going to to make all the difference in how successful you eventually become in the things that you're trying to do. Because if you allow yourself to be distracted by this, or like, no, I can take this phone call, or I have to respond to those texts, or now I've got all these emails. And Tim Ferriss uh, has written a book called The 4-Hour Workweek. And <laughs> if you're an entrepreneur, maybe you're not going to get a 4-Hour Workweek. But what is important is that the book has some really good ideas on time management. So even if you don't aspire to a four-hour work week or it's not feasible given the line of work that you're in or want to do, it's still a good read because he has some excellent um, discussion of things like this, like <laughs> don't answer your emails every minute. Like I don't even have my work email on my phone. I'm not. I'm not. If it's an email for work, I'm not gonna get it. If you don't have my phone number and can text me, <laughs> it wasn't that important. <laughs> if it's so, if it's a new inch, so I have a time. Then when I'm at my home desktop, when I have a minute and I can, you know, I've refreshed. I'm like, okay, now I'm gonna check my work email. It's a specific time. I will get back to you. I will answer that email, but it's not constantly, it's not, those emails aren't going to constantly be coming up on my phone. Now, if someone texts me and says, hey, I sent something to your work email, you know, if it's important, I'll have them send it to an email that I do have on my phone to forward it, or I can, 
maybe it can wait. It can just wait. You know, hey, I'll, you know, I'm not at my office right now, but I'll get back to you. You know, I'll take a look at it when I have a chance to. And that's fair because you're carving out time to, in in a way that makes sense for your work, <clears throat> to be able to create the time and the take the steps that you need to accomplish the goals that you have and that's not that it has to be completely rigid i mean maybe you have your notifications off for your phone but when you take your break you just take a look but um so tim ferris's book the four hour work week i highly recommend it um if you're having trouble time management it's excellent for an entrepreneur to read i don't get i'm not getting like any throwbacks he doesn't know i exist but um it's a good it's a good book there's probably some others out there now too that have to deal with that um so reducing your focus and prioritizing um and making time for the things that are more important and making time for the things that are important but like making things for time making time for things that are important and you enjoy and making time for things that are essential but are not so much fun and then everything else kind of is under those two things maybe um, will propel you forward um, and they can be personal things like maybe you want to get exercise and you're not sure how to fit that into your day and you'd have to kind of brainstorm well if I if I did this at this and this I would go in here at that time maybe you have to write out like a minute by minute or schedule for like when you wake up so that you drink one cup of coffee and then you exercise and then you have a second cup or you know you have to imagine what could be changed a little bit different to achieve the goals that you have and you might have to write out a reminder or put it in your calendar hey you're going to do this at this time so because I believe in you I believe that if you have goals that you're trying to accomplish and you are aware of the challenges you face to get there that sometimes you you have to reduce to get there you have to take some things out like that's just not going to happen right now so you sacrifice that or you have to say okay i need to put this up higher on my priority because it's important and i think it's really the thing i need to be spending my time on so but what i find i'm actually doing is spending my time on something else so these are things you have to re you can reclaim little lost time here and there by simply being more aware of how you're spending your time so that's the episode on reduction thank you for joining wendy says things and i hope to see you again next week thanks for listening